Megan Ball. And this is Brock Wilbur. And you're listening to Carrying Into the Void, the podcast where we get together, tell each other about a weird or dark story we've heard, and then try to find the silver lining or flip it into something that, while possibly not positive, will at least be productive. Megan, how are you? You, you want to know how I am? I am so annoyed that this pandemic is still going on because I want to see the Green Knight with Dev Patel so badly, and I don't want to sit in a theater with people who are unvaccinated, and it's ruining my life at the moment. It's not fair. I'm so upset. Oh, it's so close. It's one week away. I'm... Next Friday, you could be there, but like, what if it's taken away from you again? Honestly, I can't see Candyman rescheduled for a ninth time. I, it's 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 killing me. I don't usually, as you know, I don't usually go out to go see a film at the cinema and just to to have that want in my soul to to want it so badly is like extra painful and it's not on streaming i'm like oh when it comes out because of the pandemic like i've got a bunch of the streaming services it's going to be on one of them and it's not <laughs> and it it like physically hurts and it's like i have so many streaming services if i purchase another one i will fucking die so it's like just meet me halfway <laughs> on this, please. I have so many reasons that you should have Peacock. No. What's the one where the, the soccer guy, what's that one? Ted Lasso, Apple Plus. Yeah, no, fuck it. No, not happening. <laughs> Who's ever heard of Apple Plus? <laughs> That's not the thing. It is quite literally my self-care into the void this week is to watch Ted Lasso. So way to jump to the end there, you goddamn monster. Uh, you know, I'm borderline psychic. It's okay. See, here's the thing is that no, nobody has Apple Plus. So I have watched the first season of Ted Lasso from start to finish somewhere between eight and ten times at this point. Because whenever a friend is like, I want to see Ted Lasso, and we're like, you have to. We just have them over for a full day and we rewatch it with them so that no one else has to sign up for Apple Plus. But like, I have now memorized all 10 episodes of the first season. Uh, and, and I still, I, I cry a little harder through them each time. So <laughs> that is how much I care about the show. I, I worry that no one in the world likes it as much as I do. Uh, but also everyone that I show it to is like, that's my new favorite show. And I'm like, there we go. Uh, so I don't know, jump to the end on that one. Thanks. Thanks. Keeping structure alive and well here today, Megan. Well, you know what? We're, it, everything's falling apart. What can I say? <laughs> All right. Well, why didn't you close this episode? All right. Well, remember, keep your hearts dark and true and your teeth sharp and many. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I have a story then. <laughs> yeah, you want to go first? Let's, let's really change up everything. Why don't you go first with your story today? Okay. Uh, so uh, today we're talking about the Dixie Narco. Uh, the Dixie Narco... <laughs> Uh, in the 1980s, uh, was a vending machine, uh, the Dixie Narco DN 180.105-5 specifically. Uh, and there is, uh, one of these. If you say in Seattle, Washington, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> no, it's on Capitol Hill. No, it is in Seattle, Washington. How dare you? That's my other one. <laughs> what? That was also my carried into the void. I, I don't understand what's happening. We really need to talk to each other about these. No, we don't. <laughs> if we talk more than just on this recording, we lose all the lightning in a bottle that is our beautiful friendship and support for each other. <laughs> uh, so the Capitol Hill vending machine, person-sized, uh, it says Coke at the top. There's like seven or eight buttons on it. Looks basically like an 80s vending machine you'd see for a soda. Um, and nothing on it is labeled. It's labeled with like question marks and random letters. Uh, and it was filled 
with just random cans of things, sometimes not even beverages, like sauces, sometimes not even there. And uh, it is it is widely considered uh, to be the, the beverage-dispensing cryptid <laughs> uh, because somebody uh, kept stocking it for more than a decade, and sometimes it operated even when not plugged into power, and no one knows who or how any of this happened, but hundreds of people online from that area uh, now get together like once a year to discuss the cryptid beverage machine of the Dixie Narco DN 180.105-5. Uh, and even it was even often stocked with beverages that had long since been discontinued. Yeah. So like whoever was doing this had access to a warehouse and stuff that time had forgotten in the sphere of liquids. It's even better than that, because in my unrelated research about this vending machine cryptid, it also vended foreign drinks. So you would get cans of Coke that had labels in Arabic and Hindi and Japanese. Or you'd get sodas not sold in America, like Nice Japanese drinks, or Scotland's Erin Brew, or Italy's very deeply gross drink, which is called Beverly. So whoever had this thing not only had like a stock of like crystal pepsi somewhere but also was able to get really niche weird drinks from around the world to put in this thing interesting yeah you really didn't know what you're gonna get and some of the stuff you'd get is just stuff you would never have any sort of access to in america it's not like you're going down to the store and getting like you know mexican coke because they sell that now no it's actual like stuff that they would only sell in like that country that actually uses that language the the Capitol Hill machine uh, is listed as dispensing such things as the Mountain Dew Whiteout, a raspberry flavored Nesta Brisk, a Hawaiian Punch, a Grape Fanta, and other rumored drinks including vanilla cokes, black cherry frescas, and sun kissed cherry limeade. Uh, the locksmith in front of whose business the machine stood claims to have no knowledge of who operated it. Which it, this discussion also, as you mentioned starts a sort of international conversation where um, Canada has their own uh, that started in the 60s, uh, and it lives uh, underneath Parliament Hill. Uh, and basically the idea here is that uh, the prime minister in the 60s loved Coke. Uh, the Coke machine, the Coke bottles, wanted his own machine to keep it cool. Uh, and it, it sort of just kept moving further and further into the private parts of the building to where the point it is now buried in like a private underground tunnel that like the prime minister and a few other people have access to uh and it keeps getting restocked but no one in the area will admit to stocking it which like i i also feel like if you were the person stocking the coke machine in the sub basements of the white house there's some sort of government gag contract for you providing that like i i'm not surprised that no one wants to claim that they're filling this one yeah, but you'd have to admit, if you're that far into, um, like, a space like that, you'd have to be, like, vetted. Like, you'd have to have, like, a, a swipe card or something. Like, someone has to know. The ostensible answer is probably that they show up to the back door, deliver it to secret service people, and they do it. But also, I do prefer the version of it where they're like, he's the only one that knows how to stock the machine. He's got the little key. We gotta, like, blindfold him and, and, and like, lead him into the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he's only ever seen that machine in that hallway, but but will never have anything else to do with it. They turn him around a few times while he's blindfolded to make sure he doesn't know which direction he's facing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
Meanwhile, there's like a window and he's like, I can see the sun going down. That's that's West. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to mention it to you guys. It's fine. You guys are trying so hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I just appreciate the effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that there's like a series of mystery vending machines, though. Like, it's not just the one. This is a thing that's happened before. And it's just such a fun, like, harmless, weird little thing. I love it so much. Yeah, as I started into this, I was like, you know what? Uh, what part of my lizard brain it tickles that like makes me instantly understand it and it is the sheer amount of time that i spend dropping off books into little free libraries around town yeah like there is there is absolutely a rhythm and and a metric inside of you that's like i just want to keep this one thing stocked uh, i used to have one at the end of the block and whenever it seemed low even if i didn't want to get rid of books i'd grab a stack of them and be like they go into the library the library must always be filled with weird weird treasures for the the children and the people that roam these these city streets yeah i i i feel like if i had a warehouse of discontinued beverages that you probably legally can't sell they're definitely like in a corner of somebody's beverage thing and they're like well we can't sell crystal pepsi like legally anymore <laughs> like sure put it in a box and somebody can have it as a neato gift as a surprise <laughs> But I mean, it, it actually, like, you had to pay for it, though. It didn't just dispense it by accident. You had to give it 75 cents, and then they upped it to a dollar when there was a soda tax in Seattle. But it's it wasn't, like, a free thing. Someone had to come and, like, collect the money, too, which I think is also kind of funny. Like, if I had, like, a flagging vending machine service, I would be, like, on the internet being like, hey, guys, this one dispenses weird shit. Go try it out. Oh, yeah, it costs a dollar, by the way. <laughs> And that's how you made your fortune and retired at 35. Yeah. You scammed everyone on a, a cryptid vending machine. <laughs> that thing that we all know as a business model works well everywhere. Oh, completely. It's like if the world actually worked on like Gravity Falls rules, like this is the kind of stuff you would see. Like there's Grunkle Stan in the locksmith being like, yes, this is going to make me rich. I, uh, I was a little ill last week, and uh, I came home and was on a little bit of bed rest, and my wife disappeared for an hour, and she came back with three pallets of clearly Canadian, the beverage soda from the 90s that I was such a fan of as a child. She'd seen me previously on Amazon or eBay purchase a four-pack for something like $50 from Canada and was just so thrilled to have it. She found three pallets just in Kansas City. <laughs> And brought them home. And I was like, wait, how? And she's like, you're you're sad and I am going to cheer you up. And I was like, I have no further questions. Aww. Uh, and, and since then, I have been on a number of podcasts where we have the video on and I don't bring it up. And somebody will interrupt to be like, I'm sorry, dude, are you? Is that a clearly Canadian? I, it, there's no way that that's what you're drinking. I was like, I have maybe a hundred right now <laughs> in every flavor. Like, I, I don't know. My wife black marketed something. I'm I'm real chill with what's happening here. I have no further questions. So I yeah, this one tied into me being like, you know what? Some beverages will fix everything about you. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Uh, so my caring here is uh, as follows. They think you operate by their command. They will tell you to jump. You will jump. If they specify a height, they assume that that's what you will deliver. What you deliver is not up to them. In fact, you've cast your alignment so chaotic that what you serve into the world is often not even up to you. Sometimes it's nice to surprise yourself. Sometimes it is a reminder to restock what's inside of you. Sometimes it means the call to do some minor repairs with the help of another is indeed in order. 
But who do you call out to? Well, that's between you and the support. The helper, the healer, the envoy, the cage. You are a dish best served cold. And serve them you shall, whether they want it or not. Outstanding. Beautiful. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten! What do you got for us this week? Well, it was going to be about a cryptid vending machine, but it seems like we had a moment where both of our brains probably seized upon the same Twitter meme at the same time. Well, um, why don't you give us your caring, then? Well, you know what? I have a second Karen into the void that I was saving. Okay. And I think it's also very good. Um, so how would you feel about hearing about knife-wielding spider gods? Yes! <laughs> I knew you'd be psyched about that. Absolutely, yes. So some local farmers were clearing some land in northwestern Peru. And they, you know, were moving the rubble and just clearing some stuff. And they came across something weird. And it was the ruins of a shrine buried a large mural painted in shades of brown and yellow and gray and white. And they identified it as a spider god, you know, eight legs, the whole nine yards. Sure. And in each leg is a knife. <laughs> also, you missed an opportunity for the whole eight yards. It was right there. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I can't do math. I'm an English major. It's fine. Um so they called in a bunch of anthropologists, and they uh, deducted that it is a 3,000-year-old painting of an ancient god that's kind of been a little bit lost to time. It's from a old Peruvian like Indian culture called the Cupisnik. Let's be clear. I only trust old gods. These new gods. I don't care for these new gods, and you can quote me on that. <laughs> yeah, the, the old gods have kind of a gravitas to them. You're not going to get a knife-wielding spider god if you're, you know— Looking at something nowadays, they're all like blonde men with blue eyes and robes. No one needs that. Let's go for the knife wielding. The other day, gods. I met a god that was born after nine eleven. These Gen Zer gods oh, are god, just like that's... out of control. Yeah, Zoomers. Ah, get out of here. Jeez, it's just oh, the worst. And you know they're like on Instagram. They're an influencer. I uh, I, I sent you a copy of a uh, story written by our food editor Liz Cook this you week did. about a, you did. a high-end <laughs> restaurant that opened in Kansas City. That their whole thing is like. F you, like we charge triple what anyone should because we're like LA and it's an awful place. But one of the highlights of Liz's story is about how there's a giant gilded cage near the entrance uh, that is a, a giant golden bird cage for Instagram influencers to have their pictures taken in. And it is so goddamn cursed that I read that because now <laughs> my, my Instagram feed where I follow friends locally is just action packed with people standing in the large golden cage that's a little too on the nose. And oh, I'm like, oh, no. you're one of those people. I gotta unfollow. No. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to no. see the cage. <laughs> that's a lot. There's there's a lot going on right there. No new influencer gods. No new influencers. <laughs> no. Well, anyway, this god is 3,000 years old from a forgotten Indian culture in Peru. I trust all of that implicitly. <laughs> yeah. The farmers, unfortunately, were using heavy machinery to uh, extend their avocado and sugarcane plantation. So, unfortunately, they destroyed about 60% of the shrine. So, you know, those guys are real fucking cursed now. The shrine was probably um, built as a place where people could come and gather and request favors from the spider god. Because if I'm having an issue, the first god I'm going to go to is the one carrying knives and it's a spider. Oddly enough, the spider god was also a water deity because, you know, 
Sure. Spiders notoriously love water. Yeah. That's one of the only five facts I know about them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a, a song I knew in nursery school about a spider and how much it loved water. But anyway. <laughs> oh, that one got me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so glad. It's likely there was a special sacred water ceremony held between January and March where the nearby river would usually flood. Um, and that's usually the time where they thought would be the um, like kind of like the feast day of the spider god. So the culture that built it lasted until only about 1 AD. So it is a very, very old culture. They also were building um, like the area's first known temples and houses, and they can still find pottery and stuff around there. The Peruvian government is planning emergency work to preserve the rest of the site and have filed a complaint with the farmers who damaged the temple, which, again, they have way more to fear from the ancient freaking knife-wielding spider god they pissed off than the Peruvian government being like, oh, you guys shouldn't have been digging here. I mean, of the two, I would be like, yeah, I'm going to have way more problems with the knife-wielding spider god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if you're like, hey, the government's angry at you and there's also a knife-wielding spider god coming after you, I know where my priorities are going to be. <laughs> I feel like that this is built like a trick where if you're like, you know what, uh, I'll, I'll challenge bureaucracy that the, the puzzle room goes away and they're like, you've chosen wisely. You can just progress like no one ever makes that choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, they don't even know the name of the spider god It's because it's so old. They don't have any records of it. There's no this is like the only area it was worshipped in. And this was a culture that was kind of pre writing. Um, so they didn't really have a written language or anything like that, so they don't know the name of the spider god. To be clear, if you speak its name, it comes to life. This is good for all of us that yeah. they had no ability yeah. to keep track of those sort of things. If, if this was a really shoddy, like, sci-fi movie of, like, you know, you'd see on Sunday afternoon when you're a little bit hungover, this is the time where the archaeologists would be like, oh, I think I can read what this is. Oh, let me try saying it for no reason out loud right now, halfway through reading it. And that's when you know that the movie's still got an hour and a half left and you're just going to watch all these people get picked off by a knife-wielding spider god that was just summoned. You know what? Saying that name out loud was so fun. I'm going to say it in reverse. Just because. Yeah. Just because I can. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you know, that's... And it would be like some actor who looks a little bit like a knockoff Brad Pitt who, you know, only does soap operas and, like, Mexican telenovelas. And this was going to be the big break, and it wasn't. And now it's on sci-fi at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And you're only watching it because getting the control and moving that far would hurt because you're so hungover. <laughs> Has anyone else had a weekend like that? <laughs> I feel like that was a very pre-pandemic kind of slice of life. I also feel like you just called out so many of my favorite actors, and there's too many for me to do a joke about one. So, sure, we'll just keep it going. Do you have a caring into the void moment for this? I do. I do. No. I one of these times, the answer is just going to be like, nah, move on. I didn't want to do the thesis of the podcast this week. I have one today, and it is, okay, so you're a little different, a little unconventional. There's nothing wrong with that. You haven't been forgotten. You've just been biding your time. They may try to destroy you, but surprise, you have a whole lot of hands to hold a whole lot of knives, and it's hard to tell which is sharper, your blades or your revenge. They'll rue the day you will reawaken so rudely, as if they didn't do it to you themselves. Come on, what did they think was going to happen? They can pretend that they didn't mean it, but you know better. You weren't born yesterday. You'll strike when they least expect it. Just because they think you are an insect doesn't mean that they have the power to squash you. Go ahead and prove them wrong. Make them regret the day they uncovered you. Maybe my favorite one you've ever done. Oh, okay. You've got a lot of hands to hold a lot of knives. Big fan here. I'm so glad. 
I'm so glad. Well, uh, I know that you were going to tell me about the gospel of Ted Lasso. You know what? We talked about Ted. That's actually my sharing into the void. What's your sharing into the void? I want to boost a band that I've been really into lately. It's called Vision Video. They are an old-style classic goth band. They sound like they're straight out of 1986, and it is perfect. If you played the song to me and didn't tell me that they were from now, I'd be like, oh, why have I never heard of these guys when they were like around at the Batcave or whatever? No, they're new. They're amazing. They sound like <laughs> The Cure. They sound like Echo and the Bunny Man. They sound like Bauhaus. The lead singer's name is Dusty. He is a veteran of the uh, Afghanistan War, um, and he's a current firefighter and EMT. He also walks around in just absolutely stupendously done goth makeup. He owns a hearse and a coffin, so he's a real old-school goth, and I love him. I found him because he has skits on TikTok and Instagram where he pretends to be a goth dad with a Wisconsin mom accent wearing a cardigan, and they're hilarious. I hate that I learned about a band from TikTok. I would like to formally file a complaint with reality on that. Um, but the band and him talk a lot about having PTSD, trauma, chronic pain, dealing with kind of a world where you don't feel like you fit in, feeling like, you know, there's a lot of like pandemic stuff where you feel lonely and you feel kind of cloistered away. So I've been listening to the band a lot. I think they're really great. Again, if you like that old style, classic, just really solid, good old, like Sisters of Mercy, Susie and the Banshees type of goth music. And you're also supporting a really solid guy with a very nice band. And um, I don't know. I just think it's it's cool to see that people are still, um, you know, in the subculture. And it's not just become kind of a weird, like, Instagram fashion thing. So I don't know. I was really pleased when I, I found them. And I just think they deserve more listeners. I don't know. I've just been really obsessed with them lately. Every time I show a friend of mine them who likes the kind of music, they're like, nearly sobbing because they're like oh my god people still make this music uh it's like finding a time capsule so i would suggest that everyone go and find them on spotify follow them on instagram yeah so i i can't get enough of them i can think of a few things more actually technically goth than having fought in a war you don't believe in and yeah making music to cope with the thing you did but also like look I would find it a little disquieting every single day if I worked at a fire station and every morning a hearse drove up. Like, it's just tempting fate. A little too hard. A little too hard. Like, I imagine he's not hes not the number one favorite of everyone at the station. Like, some people definitely don't get why that's fun, I'm sure. I don't know. It's firefighter stuff. I'm sure they'll figure it out. My self-carrying into the void this week, have a multivitamin. What's your self-carrying into the void this week? Kind of similar. I'm trying to get better at doing stuff like taking medicine. Insights don't work properly. Now take medicine daily. And I'm really bad at it. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. You made it this long with the sheer number of problems that you have. Mm -hmm. And you haven't had a daily medication Mm -hmm. until now? Yeah, it's because my parents don't believe in therapy, so I've never seen a a real therapist. (laughs) You know you can believe in therapy, right? Uh, Yeah, I know, but that's also very expensive. (laughs) I don't make a lot of money. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, this is the first time I've ever had to take something every single day. And it's hard, and I keep forgetting, and I keep being on, like, the train into work, being like, fuck, I forgot to take my medicine this morning. So my self-caring is for people to to try and, and, and make 
habits for yourself that work for you. Like my brain is Swiss cheese. I have ADHD. I can't remember things. If I put something in a drawer, it might as well not fucking exist. So I'm trying to make things for myself that may look messy or weird or unorganized to someone else, but works for me. So I, I'm just trying to give myself a little bit of grace, trying to give myself an organization system that works for me. So my suggestion is to do the same. You know, if something works for you, you know, don't, don't fix it if it's not broken. You know, if leaving something on the counter in a very conspicuous spot works for you, great. If you have little like containers in a cabinet, also good. Just whatever works for you. Like I was keeping something in a cabinet Guess how often I open that cabinet, Brock? How often? Not often. <laughs> so now it has to sit right on top of the box where I keep my tea. So when I get up in the morning and make a pot, a cup of tea, I take it because it's right there on top of the tea. That works for me. If you have to do something similar, go for it. You don't have to do what, like, when I started it, my mom's like, oh, get one of those little pill things. You put them in the day and then you just put it away. Mm -mm, no, I will never remember that. So, uh, yeah. I think it's funny that you think I, I've gone this long without needing a daily medication. I have 11, so, like, I don't know <laughs> what you're doing. I've had that for a decade, so you, you braggart. No! You, um, <laughs> Trust me, I would love you to. You know what? The whole second half of our podcast should just be called Works For Me, because often it's advice that just works for us, I but mean, we're sharing it in hopes it lands with one other person. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I would give a lot to be like, what's the meme where it's like, you know, just you bitches wait until I'm fully medicated, <laughs> then I'm at my full power. Um, that's how I feel about a lot yeah. of things. So, you know, we're doing our best. That's the thing. We're all doing our best. The world is on fire. Everything is terrible. And people need to fucking get vaccinated. So, yeah, it's just... Also, it's just great that I am on medication that prevents me from being at my full power. That's my inverse to the meme. See, it, bitches, bitches, be lucky that I'm not. I will never again be at my full power. You are truly horrendous. You are so powerful. You had to be nerfed. Something like that, but yes, <laughs> self nerfing is the most important thing you can do for your mental health. There you go. Why did you lead us out of this one before we spiral further? <laughs> because quite frankly, you actually reminded me I didn't take a bed that I should have taken at noon, and I've got to run upstairs and do it right now, and I won't sleep tonight. Thank you for that gift. It works for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep your hearts dark and true and your teeth sharp and many. And we will see you next time in the void. Bye. Bye. Go take your medicine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>